0: to Romans 8, verses 17 through 27. It can be found on page 1,757 in your pew Bibles. Romans 8, verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Have you ever wanted something so bad that it hurt? Ever, ever wants so, you ever longed thing so much that it just filled your thoughts, that it, it, it just filled your desires, that, that it, you just couldn't get your mind off it? I think about my daughter Myra and uh, her thinking about her birthday coming up. She just couldn't stop asking us, When's my birthday? How many more days? Um, she was just I, I just can't wait for it to come. Um, that's one way that, that, that longing kind of sets in and kind of moves us at a gut level I also think about my, my wife's grandmother who was an immigrant to Canada and uh, she often missed her dad who was in Holland and one day when she's coming back after fetching some water she was returning to the house and she just saw her dad there he wasn't there but she just so longed to see him that her, that her, that her mind and soul just pictured him there these kind of get at the, the hope that Paul, I think, is getting at in this passage. Not a hope that makes us, that's, that's kind of tidy, that makes us serene, that pulls us out of, out of our place where we're at, but actually a hope that, that helps us to groan with deep longings for what God is going to do and is doing in our midst, longing for renewal. Um, in this text, Paul is saying, Shh, listen. Do you guys hear what I hear? And, and, and as we put our ears to the text, we hear three forms of groaning. First of all, he says, Paul says, Do you hear yourselves? And some of us who are, are a bit more mature than others are more familiar with this kind of longing and groaning. Um, he, Paul says in, in verse 23, he says, He uh, says, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we await eagerly for our adoptions as sons the redemption's redemption of our bodies he's saying you guys long for resurrection living with 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 uh, resurrected souls and bodies you guys have first fruits but th- that's that's kind of what what we have right now is it, it's an appetizer you know whenever we, we take uh, the lord's supper and we get the small little glass and a small piece of bread. God's saying, guys, I am feeding you, but this is just an appetizer. This side of the new heavens and new earth, just, 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 just let your imagination um, just receive and, and look forward to the feast that I have planned for you. I hear that Jesus knows how to make wine and make wine really well. And I think he's saying, um, just let your appetite be awakened, your desires for, for resurrection, for, for restoration, for new heavens and new earth. Um, there he points at um, our redemption as uh, the redemption of our bodies, and there's this piece of, of our bodies and souls which experience pain and aches, disease, injury, weren't made for that. you know. I, I, i think about how one of our responses to pain and suffering our own or of those around us is why and it's reality that it just doesn't make sense And i think this is this is part of how we are wired because in the beginning of the story pain and disease and suffering wasn't there and it's not there at the end of the story and so chris wright uh, a theologian that i really trust he said I believe that the Bible does not give a clear reason or a clear origin of the, the, of the beginning of evil because if it did, we might be tempted to just accept it. He's saying, we're not meant to accept this as normal. We're not meant to uh, uh, death and disease is not, was not meant to be part of the equation, and it won't be. He's saying, let yourself yearn for, for that day. We'll be able to run free. You, you won't have uh, as my as my daughter often thinks about there won't be slivers in heaven <laughs> She really hates them. She screams when we try to take them out Well, she's like dad there won't be slivers in heaven. Will we I'm like no <laughs> There won't be I, I don't <laughs> I, um, I, I also think about my friend Anthony at, at Redeemer where uh, Anthony at nine years old experienced a stroke and is because of that he, he has to um, get around in a wheelchair and speech is a real labor for him. When I think about the new heavens and new earth, when I think about our bodies being made whole, I think about having a conversation with Anthony where he, where he and I can talk freely and there's no hindrances. I imagine him standing and stretching with, with newfound fresh energy in, in his limbs, in his body, being able to run freely. I think Paul is saying, let that hope, let, let that longing percolate and grow and stir you to, uh, to give you hope in, in this moment as, as you feel pain as you feel those aches let that stir you to uh, To live into the hope for a new earth and new heavens He also says that we will experience our adoption as sons. and So there's this piece of we experience God's uh, um, Making us of sons and daughters right now, but again this, this is just a forte. This is just an appetizer of what is to come can you imagine Uh, Your soul being so made whole that that those lingering fears those nagging doubts those questions that are hard to shake aren't there anymore Where God's love is is impossible to question because you experience it so deeply and profoundly Just imagine what that what that will be like Where uh, the the peace of God is, is so anchored in our soul that anxiety can't doesn't stand a chance? Or joy being so much a reality of of, of how we experience life in God, that we won't it'll be hard not to smile. Just imagine, while saying let let those deep down groans come out, live into them. Don't ignore them. Let let them get them. Give you hope in, in this present time. As well, he says, but you guys aren't the only ones groaning. It's not just you who, who long for a new heavens and a new earth. You guys really do he's saying creation all of creation is groaning and so as part of my preparing for this I emailed uh, Dr. Edward Brickler and said Edward can you please help me hear how creation is groaning in Hamilton specifically and this is what he, he, uh, he said he said Kootz paradise uh, is groaning it's a it's a really important place for Hamilton it's, it's a biodiverse place where uh, where fish and birds and turtles uh, live and nest. But because of um, invasive species and chemical contamination, it's, it's hurting. It's groaning. Secondly, Hamilton Harbor uh, is groaning because of industrial uh, and sewage chemical contamination. He's saying, do you hear the pain? Do we hear the, the pain of, of creation? As well, I think of our friends in Uganda, who are experiencing a severe drought. The land, and the, the, the climate, and the, the, the soil, the crops, are groaning in pain. I think about the world as sea levels are rising, as the climate is, is getting warmer. Um, there's plastics in the oceans. There is way too much rain in some places, and way, way, uh, there's not enough rain in others and it seems like the end is near. It seems like, this, like the, the, that the earth is going to hell in a handbasket, and it's really easy to despair. But Paul's saying, you hear the groans of pain, but I want you guys to listen really carefully, because it's not actually groans of death. He's saying you're not in the palliative care unit with, 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 the, with, with the earth, you're in the birthing unit. The end seems like it's near, but it's really the beginning is near. I've, I've been with my wife uh, as, we've, as she's given birth to three children um, and I have so much respect for her, I'll just say that much. <laughs> the reality is, is that she should be preaching this sermon uh, not me. Um, but from, from walking with her in those, I know that the pain is really tremendous. It is intense. And there are also, there are moments where it seems like, is this baby ever going to come? And there's, there's, there's a temptation to despair, or even give up. Um, and that's where we, husbands and midwives and other staff there are there to encourage. And, and in this passage, um, Paul is saying, it, it can feel like you want to despair, but don't. The, the earth is going to give birth to uh, a new heavens and a new earth care for the mother well um and so on on, on this creation care sunday i believe as we listen to the to the groans of creation it is two things a i hope that 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 it it stirs compassion in us that we feel the pain of creation in a way that it moves us to respond and to respond with those who are already responding Uh, edward let me know that 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 the uh, royal botanical garden society is working uh, at Coots Paradise to clean it clean it up and deal with invasive species. I know that he, I believe that he and Darren Brower are also working there. Um, uh, Arosha a creation care ministry, is working with with refugees and in community gardens um, as well. Victory Gardens, uh, a great initiative, is growing gardens in the city and seeking to to provide food for those who need it. And so. First of all, he's saying, feel the pain, but also be gripped by that hope that is gripping creation. Creation hasn't given up. It knows what, what's coming, and it invites us to feel the squeeze of that hope. As, as we do our part, as, as we are moved to, uh, to care for creation, um, I see verse 26, and uh, I'm so thankful that, that it's in the passage. Because it, it, it's, it, it's so easy to be doing the little pieces that we can, and yet be, be overwhelmed at, at how much there is to do, how big the problems are. And, and, uh, and, and Paul says, we do not know what, to, what we ought to, to pray for. I feel like that is one of the most true things I've experienced about, about prayer, is that I often have no sweet clue of how to pray for certain things. The words just, just don't seem to, to fit the desire of my heart and the problems that, that we are facing. And to add to that, it can seem like, like God is silent. God is just, he's there, but where is he? What's he doing? Um... For my wife and i when we were looking uh, for a house and we 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 were uh looking all over hamilton area from from stony creek to uh, um brantford to paris we were just praying god show us like where do you want us to live help us to to, uh to find the right place and we we were praying and praying and praying and it just seemed like just nothing was happening um and, and part of our prayer was god we don't, even know what to, we don't even know what's best for us. We don't really know how to pray. Help us, help us to, to pray well and to, to, to find the, the right place. The good news of this passage is that God is not silent. He's not aloof, just kind of saying, you guys should really get your act together. He's not, he's not saying, um, be quiet. Quiet those groans. Pretend as though everything is okay. The good news is is that God groans with us. God groans with us. Just, just think about that for a second. Just listen for that in the text. We hear, we hear our own groans, we hear creation's groans, and in that we, we hear God as well aching with hope, squeezed by, by, by the, the, um, the longing he has for creation to experience the freedom it, it, it was meant to god prays the good news is is that god is praying god is not sitting by he 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 is he is aching with us i think about charles spurgeon who said that prayer is, is not measured by length but by depth and that a single groan can have more prayer in it than a long lengthy speech god knows how to so so a god is praying b god knows how to pray the, ver- the verb in this text um, when it's saying that, that, that the spirit intercedes, this idea of that he, he, just, he, that he nails it, that he knows how to, how to get what he wants. God is praying and, and he prays in a way that, that the father is like, yes, I'm excited to answer that prayer, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that, yes. God knows how to pray. And an and amazing thing um, that I discovered as I was looking up even the word for prayer is that the, the word for prayer often used in the Greek is a sense of um, an exchange of wishes. So in prayer, we come bringing God our desires, our wants, God, I want this, we need this, help us with this, but he gives us ours in return. Or, sorry, he gives us his in return. We come to God giving him our desires, and in it, he gives us his desires, his view. Um, it's, it's this amazing exchange. I've experienced in praying for, for, for people who have a hard time loving. You should, you should try. It. If you want to see how, how God can kind of shift heart, our hearts on stuff, pray for, those, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who are hard to love. And slowly you find that God actually shifts our hearts' perspective, our hearts' response to that person. And this morning, this text is saying, Dare to pray. Dare to let God's groaning and desire, what He cares about, what, what He's concerned about, rub off on you. Let it infect you. So, in that, I, I, on this creation care morning, part of the calling is, Dare to pray in a way that God helps you to care about creation in the way that He does. He really longs to see creation experience. The, uh, and, 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 and reach the potential that it was made to reach ever since the, the creation of time. So this morning, as I conclude, I invite each of us to dare to groan, to live into our groanings, longing for, for uh, the new heavens and the new earth. I dare us to groan as, as we receive God's care and concerns and live into them, letting them whether they start us into taking action steps of caring for creation, or they sustain us as we care for creation, knowing that, that he is working alongside of us, that he cares with us, and that he will see it through until that day where the new heavens and the new, and the new earth are here. Would you join me in prayer? Jesus, we thank you that you are so good. Lord, we ache and, and we hurt, Lord. Creation is aching and it hurts. Lord, you ache with us and you hurt for us. Lord, you help us to hear your heart this morning, Lord, your concern, Lord. Would you help us to receive your concern, to care about who you care about, Lord. You care about the poor. You care about creation. Lord, you, you, you care about flourishing of, of your whole creation. Would you help us to, to pray for that, Lord? Would you help for us to work for that? And also, Lord, help us to wait for that as well. In your precious name, amen.